Amen. Can I have all the people of purpose give God a shout out this morning? If you have purpose, you have a purpose. God has a purpose and plan for your life. And our responsibility is to find what that is and then live it out with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sheldon Miles. I'm the pastor of this awesome church, and we're glad that you are worshiping with us. I want to welcome all those in the 715 area code who are connecting with us this morning. We're so glad that you are spending your morning with us, but I want you to know it is much better in person, so we welcome you to come and join with us. I want to let you know uh, if you are a member of this church, even if you're not a member, you're welcome to attend this event. Uh, This is our annual vision meeting. And this is going to be held at the end of the service at the, the last Sunday, June, uh, uh, January, January 29th. And uh, I just wanted you to know, if you are a member, if you have any new business things that you would like to be discussed, okay? So we have our agenda already set, but if you have any new business things that you would like to have discussed in the meeting, that needs to be turned into the church office by Monday, January 23rd. If you have any new business, this is for our members. And then also be sure to get uh, signed up at the Connect Center for our chili and dessert cook-off that happens at that, that event, and it's just a great fellowship time, so I want to encourage you to get that on your calendar uh, right away. So I'm going to get right into my message today. We are in a sermon series called Impact. We have people who are people of impact in the room this morning. If you have a, a purpose and plan for your life, you are created for impact. And what that word means is to have a great effect on someone or something. You see, God has empowered you to affect the world around you. You see, Jesus tells us this. He says that you, if you are a Christ follower, that you are the light of the world. And we know that when it's really, really, really dark outside, light has impact. And we live in a dark world. God says, no, 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 you don't have to live in darkness any longer, but in me there is light, and you've been called to live out this light. And so we've been talking about this, and I've said this. I want you to grasp it. This is the point of the whole series. If you want to have impact, your greatest impact is through your give. Just, just let that sink in for a little bit. Your greatest impact is in your give because you, you've been given, you've been empowered, and if you don't give what's been empowered to you, if you don't give it away, you have zero impact in the world. Zero impact. And so we've been talking about giving the past few weeks, and we've been talking about giving up. In, in our, our prayer and fasting, 21 days of prayer and fasting, I hope that you have been seeing breakthroughs that are happening for those who are participating, getting into God's word. Uh, and if not, I encourage you to jump in this week, take this week and just really pray and fast about what the impact you want to see God do in your life this week. And so then last week, we talked about give your devotion. And we've been talking about getting into the word of God and to praying and to get into a life group. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give of myself to others and give myself to the Lord so that I can grow in him. And today I wanna talk about giving God your worship through your tithe. Through your tithe. 
Now, I, I understand that a lot of people, just by me saying that word, some of people are like, oh, okay, there he goes. I, I understand this subject. I've been in church world for a while, and, and I can understand why people are skeptical when churches talk about tithing. But here's what I discovered. I maybe went through a season in my life where I was skeptical until, everybody say until, until I realized that tithing is not such so much a material issue, it's a spiritual issue. I want you to hear me loud and clear this morning. Tithing is one of the most spiritual things that you can do. Just let that sink in. You write that down. You pray about that. Tithing is one of the most spiritual things that you can do. You know the Bible talks about giving. It talks about our finances. It, it talks about so many times. Let me, let me tell you. It, it is, finances is mentioned 2,350 verses in the Bible talk about finances, material possessions, and wealth. Did you know that? Did you know that oh, there's only 500 verses on prayer? 2350 verses 500. 15% of Jesus' teaching related to money and possessions. There's 38 parables, and of the 38 parables, 16 of them have to do with finances. So I, I would just tell you that I set that up to say it's important. God talks about this issue a lot. What is tithing? Tithing is this. This is in your notes. I encourage you to follow along with today's message. Tithing is the spiritual habit of giving your first fruits. We're going to talk about first fruits here in just a minute. Giving your first fruits. Your first fruits are the, the, the first. Everybody say first. It's the first 10% in the best of your harvest are earnings back to God. Let me say that one more time. A tithing is the spiritual habit of giving. Remember, we're talking about giving. Giving your first fruits, 10%, the best of your harvest and earnings back to God. So where did, we, where did this idea come from in the first place? In the Old Testament, God would continually call for people to keep him as the priority of their life. That their world, their lives should revolve around God. How many of you agree with that principle? That our lives really, our lives, let me just say this, and not only should it be, but our lives go better when our lives are revolved around him. And so what he would do is like, listen, you know, you can get all caught up in the, your harvest and your work and your, your profits and stuff like that. And if you're not careful, all of a sudden your life is revolving around that and not me. And so all of a sudden it's introduced, you start reading about this thing called the first fruits. And the people were called to worship God, to come to the temple and to give God the first part of their harvest or their flock. So that's is mainly agriculture back then. If you owned, if you, a lot of your worth was in how much land you own, how many animals and the agriculture and stuff like that. And so you were called to, to come and you were to give God a 10% and the best, everybody say the best. The best, you're to come to give the best to God of your income, uh, to give a gift, to, to give of your time. You see, listen to me, listen to me. 
God wants to be first in your life. If you remember anything about first fruits, the whole principle, the whole purpose behind it is that God wants to be first in our lives. You see, when I give of my first to God, it communicates, God, you're first. When I give of my first, God, you are first. And not only his, not only is first fruits the first, but he also says to give our best. Everybody say the best. So, so we're to give God our first and we're to give of our best. So, so when that farmer and he had a flock and he was gonna give, give one of his sheep to the, to the temple, he wouldn't go like, oh, well, that, that one's wounded and that one's kind of sick, so I think I'll take that one. <laughs> you know, give this one here. You know, like, no, nah, I'm not gonna give him because that's one of my best ones. No, 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 that's, that's for me. Do you see the problem with that? Do, do you see the, kind of the challenge in there? And God says, and not only do I, I want you to give me your first, I want you to give me your best the best of your harvest, the best of your flocks. Let me, get, let me explain it like this. So I, I was, I, I, I was going to do this this morning, but I didn't have time to do this, and plus I'm, I'm in the middle of fasting here. But I saw you, I'll show you this picture here. Show you this picture here. And just envision that each and every one of you, as you came in the room today, you were given not a dozen, but you were given 10 donuts because we're going to make this really easy, Okay. And so you came in this morning and you were, you were given from your workplace. They paid you with 10 donuts. And you came here this morning and God would, would say a tithe is this. I want you to give me first choice of those donuts and I want you to give me the best of that variety of donuts. That's what God asked of us. And then he says, you can have the other nine. You can have the other nine. You see, that's, that's what it is. Of all that God has given to you, you give back 10% to him, and he allows you to keep the 90% to be a good steward. Now, it would be very unwise of you to take the other nine and to have a sit down. The big old glass of milk, a cup of coffee, that would be very unwise. But like a, a, a just very generous thing to do would be like, well, hey, you want a donut? And hey, can I give you a donut? We should have just had a donut party this morning. Maybe we need to do that some Sunday morning, need to have a donut party here. But the question, here's the question that you need to answer, okay? Because tithing is not about you and me. I don't know of any, I don't know of anybody how much people give. All I know is how much we give, okay? I don't know that. That's none of my business, really. But it's between you and God, it's between you and God. This tithing thing is a you and God thing. Everybody just kind of do this. It's, 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 it's a you and God thing. So I want to talk about this morning when I tithe. What happens? I'm going to talk really for my own self. When I tithe, I want to talk about what happens. The first thing that happens, when I tithe, what I'm doing is I'm demonstrating that God is first in my life. Deuteronomy 14.23. This is from the, the, the Living Bible, the translation. It says, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your life. The purpose of tithing 
is to teach you because that's what it does. It teaches you. Because again, we all have challenges here. There's things that really compete for God's place. You see, here's the, here's the biggest issue. I am convinced of this. I've been on this earth here almost 54 years, and here's what I've discovered. I have discovered that God's biggest competitor, God's biggest competitor is money. Right? And when it really all comes down to it, God's biggest competitor is money. And our temptation is to make it our number one. But then God says, hey, wait, 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 wait. Remember, remember when you were growing up in, 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 uh, in Sunday school or in church and you learned about the Ten Commandments? Do you realize the first two of the Ten Commandments deal with priorities? The first commandment, thou shalt have no other God before me. The second commandment is that you should not have any idols in your life. But here's what we do sometimes with our finances, with our money. It becomes our God. It becomes the thing that's going to rescue us or to save us or becomes the thing that we long for the most. Why? Because whatever is first is what you worship. Whatever is first in your life, that's what we worship. And what you worship is what you obey. Let me say that one more time. Whatever is first is what you worship. And what you worship is what you obey. You see, that's why God wants to be first. Everybody say first. first. God wants to be first. Listen to me. We, we serve a God who will not settle for second best. He will not settle for second place. God wants to be first. And what tithing does is that we relinquish what we think is ours, and it's a way of just kind of bleeding that out. No, 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 no. God is first. God gets the best. God, tithing for me, Tithing is one of the ways that helps me keep God first in my life. You see, when we tithe, we surrender what's close to our hearts to remind us of what we need. Jesus says this in Matthew 6, 21, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. So in other words, what we treasure in our hearts has the potential to become the thing we worship. Here's the proof. I've talked to, uh, I've been working with the fire departments for 15, 16, 17 years in various organizations and also work with the police in many situations, become friends with them. And if you talk to private investigators, I'm sorry, you work with investigators, detectives on the force, and you ask them, like, okay, a crime has committed, has been committed. What's the first, one of the first things you look for? And this is what you'll hear them often say. You will hear them say something like, follow the money. You ever heard that phrase before? Follow the money. They'll say so many times, the reason why a horrendous crime has been committed, just follow the money, and you'll figure out. Just follow the money, and you'll find the person who maybe committed a crime. Do you realize, and we all know this, the horrendous crimes that have been against humanity in the name to obtain our treasures. 
That's why this is so important. Again, it has the ability to become number one in our lives. Whatever has, listen to me, whatever has your heart has you. Whatever has your heart has you. Years ago, I I used to do a lot of uh, marathon running and I would run with this running club. And in this running club was kind of the who's who of Green Bay and you had presidents and you had people who were high up in in all these different positions. And so we we would always be running and get into all these discussions and we would talk about uh, you know, we would talk about business, politics, world events, morality, and it would always, listen, I'm telling you, it would always come back to the issue of money, always in those discussions. And, and so I, I remember running with this one guy one time, and I said, so what you're trying to say is money is the driving force of morality in our culture today? And this one guy looked at me and he said this, money is our God. Think about that. Money is our God. And for a lot of people, money is their God. And so the way that we communicate our devotion to God is surrendering anything. It's not just money, but it's anything. Everybody say anything. The way that we, we get back to God being the center is we give up anything that would be in con- competition with him. Listen to me. I, I really, I want you to get this, this idea right here. Listen to me. God does not need your money. Think about it. He's God, <laughs> okay? Does not need your money. God wants your heart. God does not need your money. God wants your heart. Number two, here's what I've learned through tithing. When I tithe, I'm giving back to God what is already his. Listen to me. Tithing is your give back, not your give to. I'll say that one more time. Tithing is your give back, not your give to. Leviticus 2730 is, uh, Moses is talking to Israel, the Israelites, and he says, one-tenth, a tithe of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, which is your first fruits, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. Here's the principle. Everything that you have, I just want you to just do like a quick little scan of everything that you own. And I'm talking about your house, your property. I'm thinking about your bank account, even your children. Everything that you have, it's not yours. And I know there's a lot of people who are very uncomfortable in this room right now. How dare you say that? How, how can you say that? Oh, I can say I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't come up with this idea. The Bible says it. I want you to look at these scripture verses real quick here. It, the Bible says the land. The, and here, you can look up those scripture verses later. The land, the earth, the animals, the wealth of the earth, every person, you belong to God. Your ability to produce wealth is God's. He gave you 
that ability. Do you, you realize this is the paradigm shift that just comes into your mind right now as you realize it is all God? So when we tithe, we give back to him what is already his. We, so what he calls us to do is he calls for us to be stewards. You know what a steward is? A steward is somebody who takes what is somebody else's and they invest it into something. Well, let me, let me give you an example. We have a financial advisor. Michelle and I, we have a financial advisor and we give him a portion of our finances and he is preparing for us a retirement. Okay, so we're investing in something now for which we will receive later. Let me continue on here. When I tithe, I'm honoring God. I'm worshiping him through my obedience. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best. Everybody say the best. With the best part of everything you produce, your first fruits. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with wine. The word honor. The word honor. Solomon calls for us to honor God. It is to show deep respect, admiration, and appreciation towards something or someone. So what we just did here, we just had a worship time here, and we were lifting up God. That's what we were doing. We were giving God uh, appreciation, adoration, and we were just giving him honor. That's what we do. Honor is worship. We honor God by giving him our best, the best part. Now, if you look through the scriptures, go to Genesis chapter four, you don't have to do that right now, but Genesis chapter four, talk about Adam and Eve's two sons, Cain and Abel. Now, each of these guys, they had two different jobs. Cain was a farmer, and Abel, he took care of, of the flocks, each of them were called upon by God to present to, get to God a gift as an act of worship. Now, the Bible says, give us, give us specifics, but we can assume, we can speculate that, that when it said that God was pleased with Abel's gift, but not Cain's. We can speculate that Abel gave his best and it honored God. And the reason why Cain, why God was not happy, was not pleased with his, with his worship because he, I, I, I just assume that he gave out of his convenience. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got I to gotta give something to God and you know, whatever. You know, just put it all together and like, hey, God, here you go. You know, what was convenient? And this dishonored God. You see, when we give to God, when we give him our worship, we give to God our first and we give to him our best. You know, I've had people ask me, seriously, people have asked me this question about tithing. People have asked me, so okay, so when I tithe, should I tithe off of my gross or should I tithe off of my net? Okay, does everybody understand what that is? So, so you're, you're, when, you make, when you get an income, so your gross, that's how much, you, you know, you work 24 hours, you work 40 hours, that's how much it says at the top. But then you take out Social Security, take out your taxes, da 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 and your take-home pay is your net, right? And so people have said, should I pay, pay, or should I give tithe off of my gross, or should I get it off of my net? My answer is this. Which one of those is your best? 
which one of these would be convenient. And then let me ask you this. How much do you want God to bless you? Do you want God to bless you off of your gross or do you want to give off your net? Listen to what Malachi. Malachi is a prophet um, and who, who spoke on the behalf of God. And he's talking to the people of Israel because they're struggling with this whole tithing issue. And he, he challenges them. He said this. He said, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? He said, you have cheated me of the tithes and the offerings due to me. You see, God was calling out the people for their cheating ways. Cheating is active, actively being dishonest towards others for your own benefit. They were cheating God. They were cheating God through not only not being faithful, but through their tithes and their offerings. Listen to me. The last person I ever want to cheat on this earth is God. The last person you want to try to cheat is God. You see, it, it, we, we tend to be faithful to the things that are priority in our life, right? Have you ever noticed that? You see, when, there, when there's something that is a priority, we protect it and we commit to it. When someone or something is a priority, we, we protect it and we commit to it. Let me, let me give you an example. So it's a very disappointing thing that the Packers did not continue on to, in the playoffs. But if they were playing today, and some of you are diehard Packer fans, you would do this. You would, like, because you're a fan, you would protect that time. Somebody said, hey, hey, can you come over and help me move? Da, 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 da. Like, uh, no, not from 12 until 3.30 or 4 o'clock, okay? Why? Because I'm going to protect that time, and I'm going to commit to watch the game. Why? Because it is a priority. You see, when you, when you tithe, you protect the portion of your money for God and you commit to the practice. Let me continue on here. When I tithe, I'm trusting that God is really, I'm, I'm, that God, I'm trusting God that less is really more. Let me say that one more time. I have two gentlemen who are gonna come to the platform right now. When I tithe, I'm trusting, that, that, trusting God that less is really more. Malachi 3.10. If you do tithe, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. You see, when you tithe, you discover that you go farther with your 90% than you could ever go alone with your 100%. All right? what, I, what I've done is I've asked these two gentlemen, I've had private conversations with them and the topic of tithing came up and they just, their eyes lit up when they started talking about this subject and I'm like, whatever you just shared with me, you need to give a condensed version to the congregation. So I'm gonna ask Jonathan if you would come up at this time. Jonathan and Dustin, come up too. This is Jonathan Geisler. Give him a hand. Jonathan Geisler. And Dustin Craig, Dustin Craig. Guys, go ahead and share with them what you shared with me. Awesome. So tithing for me started when I was young. Um, growing up, my dad was a pastor of a small church. Um, 
And when I was about five months old, uh, the treasurer came up to my dad and said, hey, we can either pay the mortgage or we can pay you. Um, so for about three months, my parents didn't receive a paycheck. Um, we had, there was five of us in our family and we had a mortgage and a car payment. Um, and uh, my parents still tithe through the whole thing. The, our, our income was about $12,000 for that year. And with our family size, um, the poverty line was $24,000, so half that. Um, and throughout it, my, my parents still um, gave 10% of everything that came in. Um, they were asked, how can you guys afford to tithe? My parents said, how can you afford not to? Um, throughout my childhood, we had, um, we weren't out of poverty until I was about seven years old, but God continually provided for my family. We had bags of clothes that would show up on our door, and um, we had anonymous checks that would show up right at the right time for different things. We had uh, cars that, you know, broke down on my parents. We didn't have the money for it. We, we prayed for the cars, and they started working again. Um, I remember when I was about four years old, my dad went for a, a walk around the neighborhood and found this window. It looked kind of close to ours, and, um, he, you know, he picked it up and brought it home, and about a week later, I was playing wiffle ball, and I hit a ball through the window and broke it. <laughs> the window that my dad picked up was the exact same size as that one that we had um, that I had broken. And, and God just keep, kept providing for us. There was one year that um, my, my dad's income was withheld incorrectly, and all of a sudden we had this over $2,000 tax bill mm-hmm. at the end of the year. My parents didn't have any money, and the very next day we received a check in the mail for almost the exact same amount. Um, there was someone that my parents knew that had a good year of farming, and they had, they had prayed for it, um, who they should give this extra money to, and uh, my parents came to mind, and and God knew beforehand what we needed and provided for my family. Um, so just, you know, seeing the miracles of, of how God provided, and it wasn't um, above and beyond, but it was what we needed. You know, God gave us the manna because of my parents' faithfulness and trusting God, and, um, you know, we couldn't afford not, not to give God back what is his in everything we did. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. So I'm going to try and take Pastor Sheldon's um, advice when you're going to talk about your testimony. Um, Before I started tithing, um, the best way I can describe my life was kind of chaotic and I was in credit card debt up to my eyeballs. Um, Basically I wasn't controlling my money, my money was controlling me and it, it was Miserable, really. I was coming to church, and if I'm being honest, I can remember praying things like, you know, I just need to win this lottery this week because otherwise there's just no hope. Like, I'm working more hours, and I'm just falling further and further behind. And it wasn't until I had been doing some reading on tithing and involved with some people at the church here, and we did some praying about tithing and just started really feeling called that this is something I needed to do and during that time, as my first real experiences with seeing a miracle. So when I added up the numbers, like I don't have 10% of my income to give. And I'm like, so how am I supposed to do that when I don't have that money in my budget? And when we decided to do it, it was 
I guess my first real leap of faith, like, okay, I'm going to try this. I don't know what's going to happen, but up to this point, I've trusted myself and how to figure this out. So that hasn't worked. I have to try something else. And when we started doing that, it was really, what was surprising is in my mind, it was just a money issue. It was, well, if I just had more money, everything would be solved. And once we started doing that, what I learned is that it was really a heart problem. It was how I was viewing money, what I was doing with it, how I was living my life, what I did with my money. And so during that process, we tithe 10% of our income. And I remember the devil kind of getting after us a few times. There were lots of times it was extremely hard. And there was times that, you know, the devil's going, well, do you really need to do off of your gross? I'm sure if you did off the net, that's still good enough, right? And I just felt like, no, I got to stick to this even though it's hard. And the next miracle was as we're going through this process, this was, and it, it's, it wasn't easy. It was not like I won the lottery and it was solved. It was years of fixing how we handled our money. But I can remember at one time where me and Heidi were really, really struggling. We were fighting, not getting along because it was tough. It was several years of no vacations and really tightening the buckle down. And I can remember family at this church, um, they gave us a $100 gift card to go out to dinner. And it seems like such a small thing, but when you haven't been doing date nights or vacations or anything, it just meant the world to us. And, and I just, I knew God was in it. And so after tithing, what I can tell you now is that tithing for me was a chance to put my trust in God and watch him come beside me and my wife and get us through it and just prosper us and, and help us through it. Awesome. awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So, so it, it, it's, it's about trust. It's taking that leap of faith, taking God at his word. Let me continue here. I'm almost finished. When I tithe, I'm investing my part into God's kingdom work. Malachi 3.10 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. So back in those days, the storehouse was the depot of that city. And so, or in that temple, and this is where they would collect all the resources, the supply for what they needed. And this, so the temple was a spiritual storehouse where they were spiritually fed. And so this, this, what they did, the tithes supported the ministry of the priest and the provision of the temple. Let me say that one more time. The tithe supported the ministry of the priest and the provision of the temple. You know, if you are a, a, a member of Thrive Church, this is your storehouse. If you are a member of Thrive Church, this is your storehouse. You know, I, you would be surprised how many people do not realize how a church is run. Some of the people, I don't know, many of you have even thought about, it. like, how do you come in here and the lights are on? And like, the staff, the staffing, and, and all the things that we have, why we have the video projectors and the sound, where does all that come from? Have you ever wondered about that? All of this happens because of your tithe. Everything is supported by your tithe, the building mortgage, the utilities, the expenses, the renovations that we've had here. 
by the way, we are still working on that furnace unit in the lobby. It is installed, and they're missing one part. So one of these days, it's going to be a glorious day. You're going to walk into this lobby, and it's going to feel so warm and so comforting. But that's happening because you tithe. The Sunday morning services, the salaries that for the staff, you, we have two full-time pastors now, and then we have two part-time leaders in the church. That, that is paid for because of your tithe, through your investment. We have a children's ministry, a youth ministry. We have life groups, uh, Celebrate Recovery. We have this Easter egg hunt, that is uh, the, the extravaganza that is coming up this spring, the moving experience, the growth track. All of this happens because of your faithfulness to the tithe. And I know you don't give to the church, but you do it, you give it as unto the Lord. And can I just say, thank you for your faithfulness. Can you just give yourselves a hand for your faithfulness through this time? See, when you tithe, you are, that's what you're doing. You are investing your part to the mission of this church, to the mission of life change. You are investing in this mission to lead people to become life-giving followers of Jesus. And my last thought here is when I tithe, I'm testing God's power in my life. Now listen, there is no scripture like the one I'm about to read. No other time does God say these words. He says, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. And then this is where you don't see this anywhere else in the Bible. Put me to the test. Now, blessings. We talk about blessings here. Blessings literally means to be better off. You're just better off. How many, anybody else living the blessed life right now? You're living the blessed life. You feel like God has just blessed you beyond measure. You're living the blessed life. You feel better off with your health, emotionally, all kinds of situations. God has blessed you. I believe in this spiritual principle. You look through the word of God, this spiritual principle, blessings come from your, your obedience, God wants to bless your obedience. In 1 Samuel, 5, 1 Samuel 15, there's this king named King Saul. He was doing things he shouldn't have done. He was putting his worship or his, he was putting worship, worshiping God over obeying God. And so finally, this prophet Samuel confronted him like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? You know you shouldn't be doing this before this. It was, just, it was just a messed up situation. And so the prophet Samuel says, listen, he says this. He says, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices? In other words, your worship? Do you, do you, I mean, God loves it when you come in on Sunday mornings and you worship him. And that's like a really cool thing. But is that really, really what God desires? What, what good is it if you come and worship God on Sunday mornings and then you go out and live like the rest of the world? What is that? And that's kind of what this King Saul was doing. He says, um, he says listen, obedience 
is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering to fat of rams. If you want to worship God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, obey him. Walk in obedience. That is the greatest way to worship God. It's not on your Sunday mornings. It's in your every day. It's 365, seven days, 365, 24-7. That's how God wants us to obey. And then he says, put me to the test. You know what that reminds me? Like when you walk through Menards and you got that one package and it says, try me. You ever seen one of those packages? And then you push the button and it won't stop, whatever it's doing, like a smoke alarm or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, okay, it works, it works, it works. Try me. That's what God's saying to you. Listen, don't take my word for it. Try it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something here, and I did not ask permission of the board, so I could, lo- I could be in trouble for this, all right? All the leadership team is perking their ears right now. Can I give to this congregation a tithe challenge? Here's my tithe challenge for you. If, you're not, if you don't currently tithe, I challenge you from today on for, for 90 days, for three months. If you start tithing and you don't see the blessings of God in your life after 90 days, we will give you all of your money back that you tithe. Okay? Does that sound fair? And here's what I, I challenge you to do. it Only today, today only. <laughs> Put it on the envelope in front of your chair right now. There's a chair, the the envelope. Write down 90-day tithe challenge and put your name on it. And then put it in one of the giving boxes as you leave today. And we'll keep track of it. We'll keep track. I I challenge you. And again, this is not for the benefit of the church. This is for your benefit. I, I assure you, God wants to bless you, but he's gonna bless you through your obedience. Listen, God doesn't want, somebody told me this, God doesn't want anything from you. He wants something for you. God doesn't want anything from you. He wants something for you. And this happens through our obedience. So when I tithe, I am demonstrating God is first in my life. I'm giving back to God what is already his. I'm honoring God I'm worshiping him through my obedience and I'm trusting God that less is really more. I'm investing my part into God's kingdom and I'm testing God's power in my life. Can I just pray over the congregation right now as we close out this service today? Lord, I just pray that you would speak to us all that this means. We just know this is such a deep spiritual principle and I pray that you would speak to us about what obedience looks like, Father. And so, Lord, I pray as those who take that challenge today, I pray that you would just show up in their lives like never before. This is not arm-twisting techniques for God. But God, we want to see your blessings. We want to have the, the, the eyes of God on us saying, well done, good and faithful servant. So I pray, Lord, that you would bless the faithful 
in this, in Jesus' name. If you, one more thing here this morning. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he will change your life. But he will not change your life until you give your life to him. And this morning, if you want to give your life to Jesus, it's as easy as this. It's, it's, it's honestly, just call out to God. Just say, God, I need you. I'm inviting the Lord of the universe to come and live inside of me to change me from the inside out, to forgive me of my sins. I recognize you as Lord and Savior, and I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray, and everyone said, amen. Can we just give God praise this morning?